This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. Make it part of your Christmas gift oh, that would list. Be such a good gift to it's, somebody. It's giving podcast December. It's a thing I made up. Uh huh. No. Yes. Yeah. My favorite holiday. Yes. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I played D D for the first time with my brother and my husband and my friend Matt. Um, it that went okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. Hemet was supposed to play with us, but he died. In the I stand. died. I was so it sick. Was it was bad. horrible. Uh, while we were out, there was stuff. So we got two weeks of stuff to catch up on. Yeah. But I, I pulled the stuff that I really wanted to talk about. Um, the first one is this conference that is happening in the UK next year. Okay. And I had heard about it. And then as with most conferences, like, oh, okay, that's a thing. And okay. then I just move on. Sure. Because um, there are people who are eager activists Wait, around... like an atheist conference? Like an atheist conference. Okay. There are, like, atheist activists around the world who really? are, like, organizers who will say, like, you know what, I want to bring in some speakers. Mm-hmm. They will figure out how to charge for it, and they invite people, and that happens. Some people are good at doing that. Some right. people are not. But that's that happens, like... All the time. Yeah. It's been going on forever. I really want to go, but I'm also going to wait for you to tell the rest of the story before exactly. I pitch that. <laughs> yeah. So this conference specifically is taking place in April. Mm-hmm. It's called the Anti-Theism International Convention 2020. Um, okay. It's in uh, Brighton, England. Anti-Theism because it's like a giant homage to Christopher Hitchens, who's like, I'm not just an atheist. I'm an anti-theist. Okay, fine. Whatever. That all is fine. They There's... Speakers are the regular sort of speakers you might see talking about atheism. Here's where it gets a little weird. First of all, there were two organizers. One of them, uh, John Richards, happens to work for Atheist Alliance International, the group that just hired David Silverman. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I'm not going to start playing this game of, like, by attachment and default, and therefore you are also condemned. But, okay, that's kind of a thing to keep in mind. Okay. But... Then they invited as one of their keynote speakers, Lawrence Krauss, who's been accused multiple times of Uh sexual misconduct. So, okay, there's that. Uh Uh-huh. That's the right reaction. Again, it's, all right, you're you're giving the guy basically the reward of a platform so that he could speak to a bunch of atheists. Yeah. I feel like... This can't be right because I feel like we, you and I personally, destroyed his career by that's calling what, him on his. And yet, I here believe he is. that's what he said about everybody. You have all destroyed me, and yet, if and yet you, here he is making money doing. Yeah, and again, I don't job. know what he's paid. I don't know if he's paid, but he does have the oh, stage to speak. To the UK. On, right. So anyway, that in itself wasn't even a deal breaker in the sense that they were still advertising it. People were still clearly signing up to go. Mm-hmm. I assume. Right. Um, then there's a YouTuber named David Worley, a good guy. He was interviewing the other organizer okay. for this event, who is Lance Gregorchuk. I don't know Gregorchuk's uh, background so much. This was the first time I was watching him. Okay. But the questions were more or less just, they were fine, softball type of, like, tell us about the conference. What's yeah. going on? Okay, fine. Then at some point... The Lance Gregor Chuck guy starts like attacking the questioner here, David. Oh, saying like you're not asking me challenging questions. You should, and I'm like, that's a dick move. Like, don't be oh, mean to the God. interviewer. But then he's like, David, to his credit, is like, all right. Well, if you're if you're if you want a challenging question, uh-huh. 
here's one for you. Um, why are you inviting Lawrence yes. Krauss? <laughs> like, what message are you trying to send there? What's the benefit to inviting someone with his reputation to a conference like this? What safety precautions are you putting in place to make sure attendees, attendees are safe? Because, I'm like, honestly, I'm not worried Krauss is going to go do something. Right. I'm worried about the fact that clearly you don't care that he is accused of doing something. Right. Which makes me think if, I don't know, an attendee came to an organizer and said, somebody did something yeah, to me. Yeah, Krauss or anybody. Anybody. Like, what are you going to do? Because you don't seem to care. Right. And they don't have a policy on their website that regards, like, here's what we would do in this situation. Obviously. So anyway, that was a fair question. Oh, the answer. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Do you want me to read you some of this answer? Please. What? You never got wrong signals from a girl that you thought she likes me? She doesn't like you and you touched her? sir. Oh, it gets better. Come on, dude. (gasps) I did it. You did it. Something. Look, come on. We're not the best looking guys in the world. Did you know? Come on. When you were 15, 16, 17, did you get the signals? I didn't get them. I have no effing idea what girls want. And Krauss, he's just in a higher limelight. That's all it is. They could have nailed me or you or anybody else. If I'm being honest, if I don't know the signals and I put my hand on your knee, what do you want me to say? Unquote. Uh, (laughs) Is this guy just admitting to be a rapist? Like, what is happening to me right now? Sexual harasser anyway. And again, David Worley, to his credit, it's just like, this is... I think he was more stunned than anything. Like, I can't believe you're saying this. But at some point, he's like, if I... uh, Gregor Chuck's like, look, you have an invite. Come to the event. I will cover your costs or whatever as a a thing. (sighs) The knee touches are free. Yeah. And at some point, Gregor Chuck says to David... I'm going to put my hand on your knee. I'm going to rub it up your leg, and you could say what you want. Oh, I was that's joking joke. when I said my thing. Yeah. So anyway, Oof, that was a thing. Doofa. That was He bad. also, do that you was hear, so bad. Do you hear how he just dismissed all the charges against Kraus, yeah, saying yeah, like, no, what, swear. he rubbed up against someone, some girl didn't like it? No, let me read you the actual charge that's one person made against Cross, and this isn't all of them, but this may be the most like holy shit one. Um, he made it. He was in a hotel room with someone. He made a comment about her eye makeup. Got very close to her face. By the way, this was professional before they were going out to dinner for a professional Ooh, thing. Yeah. Suddenly, he lifted her by the arms, pushed her onto the bed beneath him, forcibly kissing her and trying to pull down the crotch of her tights. She said she struggled to push him off. When he pulled out a condom, she said she got out from under him, said, I have to go, and rushed out of the room. That's the allegation against Krauss. And that's not even the one connected to the university that he used to work at. And when they said, hey, we're going to do this investigation, he said, you know what? I quit, so you can't investigate me. And then he, quote, retired. All of that is fine with these people. Yeah. So I have now heard, uh, I reached out. Oh. I'm sorry, I forgot my other favorite part of this, laughably favorite part of this. They had a section on their website where they say, we're giving away awards at this conference. You can nominate someone to win the awards. Mm, Best knee rubber. (laughs) Which, again, giving awards at a conference, that's fine. That's the thing everyone does. Mm -hmm. Here's how they describe their awards. The Anti-Theism International Awards, or the Atties, because they have a name. 
The Addy Awards are probably the most prestigious awards in the atheist community. That probably is doing a lot of work in that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) These these have never been given away. No one's heard of them, but they are the most prestigious. Probably. And, quote, winning an Addy Award will not only get you recognition within the atheist community, it will give you a chance to enjoy giving worldwide speaking engagements as well as keynote presentations at many events around the world. Citation needed. Yeah. Like, as someone who has had the opportunity to give some talks, no one cares about any awards or anything, and no, it doesn't. Like, no award. That is a wild A random award given to a random person will not get you anything. It's a participation trophy. It's very nice. Good for you if you win anything. That's awesome. It doesn't mean anyone else cares. That's all. Okay. So I posted about that. I reached out to the other speakers at this event, basically saying, hey, did you hear what this, this guy said to, to David on YouTube? And like, why are you participating in this conference with Lawrence Krauss and whatnot? Two people responded to me. Um, Aaron Ra, uh, who's a popular YouTuber, oh, yeah. who said, I'm not going. Oh, good for him. Yeah, and he's refunding it. They're going to get his name off the website. Um, Miriam Namazi, who's a uh, female activist who has done a lot of work for, like, international blasphemy rights, stuff mm-hmm. like that, women's rights, um, who usually is very much a whatever. I'm not defending Lawrence Krauss, but I'm not going to say no to speaking sure. to this crowd. She Which- also said, I saw that interview, and I'm pulling out as well. Um, then, uh, John Richards, the first organizer uh-huh. sent, first he sent me personally an email saying, why'd you do a hatchet job on my conference? I oh, demand heaven. a response. I didn't respond. <laughs> then he sent me another one saying, can you please post this update? Really? <laughs> Which I responded to and said, yeah, fine. I'll post your update. Here's the update. Unfortunately, my former business partner, Lance Gregor Chuck, got a little drunk and had a train wreck of a podcast interview, which has had some fallout on the Friendly Atheist Patheo site. Oh, he name-checked you? Some commenters have interpreted his attitude as misogynistic. Wow. Not, they weren't, but some people, you know. Yeah. So I have fired him. He no longer holds a position in the Antitheism International Organization, which is fine and good, but also you don't seem to take any of this seriously. Right. Um, he is seeking an interview on the same podcast to make a statement on behalf of the company. Oh, I thought he meant uh, our podcast. Not, uh, I was like, no. <laughs> he I'm goes good, on. <laughs> he goes on to say basically, like this conference. I'm paraphrasing here. This conference is about anti-theism. To use Hitchens' phrase, religion poisons everything. Mm-hmm. It's not about misogyny. So he's dismissing all the criticism. He's like, that's not what we're talking about. As if the only time you could talk about harassment is at, like, the The harassment conference. (laughs) (laughs) And then at the, toward the end. The cool thing about being a woman is every conference can be a harassment (laughs) conference. Yay, women. He says later, consequently, quote, I am not prepared to be intimidated by a few who have a singular focus, particular as... I'm quoting, particular as improved female safety is a policy that we support. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be intimidated by the few of you who seem to care only about women's safety at this <laughs> issue. Have, he does care about it. Have they updated their website with, like, harassment? First, the website went Shit. down for, Uh-oh. like, a day. Now it's back up, and only Gregor Chuck's name was removed, but Aaron Ra's name is still there, and oh, Mariam Namazi's name is still there. So, need some more updates. Nope, there was not a policy that I oh, saw I at the time. He's dishonest. But anyway, it, here, 
Wow. Do you know how much it costs to go there? Oh my God, tell me. Do you want VIP tickets or just regular early tickets? Uh, VIP, you know who I am. Uh, a 699 pounds. Holy Christ, that's like a grand. <laughs> yeah. For harassment. Holy Conference cow. International. So bring mace, wear pants. <laughs> Should be hilarious. Lots of jokers here. Um, here's the thing is I really want to go back to the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought maybe this is my ticket in. I don't think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd be safe. <laughs> um, that is wild. Yeah. I like, I really like when you become part of the story. It makes my heart really happy. My favorite part is I demand a response. Like, I don't owe you shit. <laughs> and what do I... I didn't do a hatchet job. I quoted you directly. That's what you're mad about. Not you. I quoted your other guy directly and then said, well, like, there it is. That's the oh hatchet job. Oh, my God. He, this, he, get, he said he We got say drunk. this about right-wing people. Yeah, he was not drunk. He was just him. I didn't Even know. Even if he was. Yeah. Um, I say this about right-wing people all the time, which is they always get, when, like, liberals make fun of conservatives, we quote them. Yep. When they make fun of us, they make shit up. Like, oh, that lawyer made fun of Trump's child. Right. No, she didn't. Nope. And there's a reason you're not playing the clip of it, because then you would know that. And this is what it feels like. Like, how dare you insult us? I, I quoted your people. Yeah. That's it. You're mad about that. Don't get mad at that. Yeah, this isn't a good look for uh, atheists in general. So thanks, Yeah, and boys. I think that's the only reason I really care. Like, if you want to have a conference that's about atheism, one, like, I can comment on it because I talk about that stuff. But also, like... And also, and anyone can. human being. Yeah. <laughs> But also, like, okay, if you want to be this voice that is already claiming it's the greatest thing ever done, mm-hmm. then my fear is people are going to believe your bullshit, and then this is the representation of atheists that people, that any of us, yeah. have to deal with. It's like, oh, you're an atheist. That means X, Y, Z. You mm-hmm. defend the following. It's like, no, they're not my people. Right. They're... You know what I mean? And yeah. Christians have to do that all the time. And it's like, yeah, well, you deserve it. Look at your people. Right. <laughs> but uh, that's what's frustrating. So anyway, that's, that's a thing. Let's, wow. I'll give you one more that's yeah. totally separate from that. But okay. it makes me a little happier. Uh, Elizabeth Warren's been campaigning in Iowa. She does the town halls. She does the rallies. Mm-hmm. She had one in Iowa City a couple of days ago. And uh, one person, who is not Justin Scott, who is the Iowan who is everywhere, uh-huh. uh, but this the, uh, a woman during the uh, town hall meeting got a chance to ask Warren a question. And so here was her question. What is your plan for protecting the rights of atheists and other nonbelievers? Okay. All right. All right. So Warren's answer was fine. Mm-hmm. It was boring yeah. as fine. I don't need some crazy soundbitey yeah, answer. Tricks, yeah. But it's here's what she said that I liked. Thank you, Anne. So it starts with the Constitution of the United States, right? It protects anyone to worship the way they want or not to worship at all, and I think that is powerfully important. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, the Constitution says we can be atheists. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And then it just veers off into here's my faith background. Here's my, I believe in the right to support all of anyone for any of their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's a good, fine stock answer for religious freedom. That's what it means. We all can worship what we want or not. Right. 
and the government can't get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. And she does the whole platitude thing at the end. If those are the core values that we respect people for having their beliefs, if those are the core values right down at the heart that make us Americans, I think that leaves us all in the room, all the room in the world for worshiping differently or for not worshiping at all. That's the kind of America I want us to be. It's one of those, like, yeah, people applauded. It sounded nice. Yeah. But. Right. Okay, so the question was, what is your plan for protecting the rights of atheists Mm -hmm. and other non-believers? She didn't answer that. Right. Because it seemed clear to me as I'm listening to this question, I don't think she knows what rights atheists need. Yeah. Because the question is not, do I have a right to be an atheist? Right. No one was doubting that, including atheists. Right. So... I was trying to think, like, what should she have said? Mm -hmm. And why should she care about this? Because it's not the first time she's been asked about atheism, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't have a response or a firm grasp on the issue. And I like Warren. Mm -hmm. I will vote for Warren in the primary, so I want her to get this right. Right. Um, And by the way, a third of Democratic voters are not religious, so this is a base she shouldn't be ignoring. Mm -hmm. It's not all atheists. But here's a few examples of things that she could say that she should get better at. So listen, if you're listening and you're in Iowa caucusing for her or you're working for if her, you are Elizabeth if you Warren. are her, hey, right, like here, here's what you need to understand. A couple things. She needs to make sure taxpayers are never funding religious dogma. Mm-hmm. She should get the government out of the business of giving money to faith-based groups if they're proselytizing right. if they're discriminating in their hiring she shouldn't she should promote judges who support church state separation mm-hmm. she should not reward religious institutions with taxpayer money mm-hmm. there is a case in front of the supreme court next month we've talked about it here before espinoza versus montana um that case involves like whether people who donate money to a private religious school can get a tax break the Montana Supreme Court said, no, you don't get any sort of break if you want to give money to a religious institution, because that's like mm-hmm. we're rewarding you for giving money to a religious school. Right. And that's not okay. The Supreme Court has a chance to overturn that. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. government right now has written a brief saying, no, it's totally fine. Let people donate to religious mm-hmm. schools and get taxpayer money in return mm-hmm. for doing that. Uh, the government has also argued in the past that the large Christian cross on public property is not a violation of the Establishment Clause. Right. That is taxpayer money maintaining a Christian advertisement. Mm-hmm. Those are things that she could say, I'm not okay with, and I'm going to make sure taxpayers are funding it. Another thing, she could say, I'm going to push back against Christian nationalism or this idea that being a Christian and being an American are synonymous because that is what Trump is doing. And that is what Republicans do by and large. His executive orders have said, well, if Christian pastors tell congregations who to vote for, we're not going to take away your tax exemption. Mm -hmm. That's a reward, government reward for Christian pastors because it's only Christian pastors who do this. Um, The U.S. State Department promoted a speech on its website by Mike Pompeo titled Being a Christian Leader. Mm -hmm. Trump has said he will do more for Christian refugees who try to come here. He's lying because he's not going to do shit for refugees, but he said he would. So again, that whole idea that if you're a Christian, America likes you better, Mm -hmm. she could say, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't matter what my belief is. I'm here for everybody. Right. She could also make sure secular Americans have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. When it comes to, look, Obama had a faith-based advisory board 
which was a dumb idea, but mm-hmm. he had it, and it had a lot of non-Christians on there as well. Mm-hmm. There were no atheists on there. Sure. Trump kept a sort of faith-based advisory board. He just got rid of the non-Christians. It's just a bunch of conservative evangelicals. Jesus. She should get rid of that. But if she says, you know what, I want to hear the concerns of religious Americans because that's a bulk of America— I don't mind that, Mm -hmm. but then you have to include secular voices at that table because we have opinions on these things as well. Right. And I don't care how you find your representative for that, but you should include somebody. Mm -hmm. She has to take an oath of office. She doesn't have to say, so help me God, right, in reflexively. Uh, Just all of that stuff saying, because you're an atheist, it doesn't make you unpatriotic. It doesn't make you un-American. All of that stuff are things atheists currently have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's not a personal attack. I'm not equating this to discrimination that other groups get. Right. But this is a way the government mm-hmm. has said, if you're a Christian, you're going to be better off in our country. Mm-hmm. She could say, I am not going to pull that shit. She hasn't. And this answer where someone asked her about that, and she's like, well, I want you to be okay with being an atheist. I support your right to be an atheist. That's a weak answer. Any uh, Republican, Ted Cruz, could give that answer and right. mean it. Right. And we know he's full of shit. Right. So don't give a Ted Cruz answer to a thing that requires a Democrat mm-hmm. to, to do. Anyway. Okay. I'm done with that. Cool. I got smaller stories after that. Um, I would like to talk about some women's rights issues. Yes. I know my brand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to talk about a woman named uh, Sarah Pitlick. Mm-hmm. She is a judge, and uh-huh. she may soon become a... She judge. did. She did? Uh-huh. Republicans confirmed her. Cool. Judge Great. for life. Super happy why, about that. Why is that a scary thing? Because, and this is a truly baffling stance to have, she is against fertility treatments. Right. I mean, if your uterus don't work, that's just part of Thanks God's plan. God don't mess with it. You. She said that fertility treatments and surrogacy have, quote, grave effects on society, including diminished respect for motherhood and the unique mother-child bond, exploitation of women, commodification of gestation of children themselves, and weakening of appropriate social mores against eugenic abortion. <laughs> Jesus. That is a lot to unpack. So it's not just like, I don't want gay people to have kids. It's, oh, if you're a woman and you're not giving via like natural childbirth, right. there's something wrong with you and I oppose it. And she wrote briefs on this yeah, stuff. Yeah, like she was serious. I, it's just, I, I, it's such a bananas stance to She has, to uh, the American Bar Association was like, not qualified for anything judge related, federal judge related. Oh so God. what did they do? The Republicans made her a judge for life in a district court in Missouri where abortion issues are at the forefront. Yep. And she's, what, like 40? So she'll be there forever because that's how Republicans are staging a coup. Yeah, it is deep. They're just depressing. pushing the worst people who are young and dumb and have the worst opinions, <sighs> and they're just pushing as many as they can. I think the statistic I saw today is... In three years so far, mm-hmm. Trump is now responsible with obviously Mitch McConnell's help and the Senate's help and the Republicans in there because what's Susan Collins going to do for you? Nothing. Um, what are all the moderates going to do? Are they going to say, no, we're not voting for these people. We're going to band together and say no to unqualified. No, they, they Collins didn't vote for this woman, but oh, all the other Republicans so did. Brave. Anyway, Trump 
his in three years is responsible for twenty percent of federal judges with these lifetime appointments. Twenty percent. Yeah. Cool. And I'm again, gonna go every president's going to have a big number there, but for one guy to do it in three years, right? And specifically with bad judges who are unqualified to do the work mm-hmm. and who are only there because people know they have shitty opinions and right. they just want to own the libs with like, it doesn't matter how good of a judge you are. It doesn't matter how well you know the law. We just, oh, you hate abortion. You hate gay people. Boom, you're in. Let's go. And they're doing it quickly before people find out about it. Yeah. Like, again, this is the whole point. You're raising the issue of her. Well, by the time you raise the issue, she's already done. Right. There's nothing you could do now. It's so, fu- like, just everything is so broken. Because the Senate is supposed to be, like, <clears throat> holding the president accountable. It's the great and, deliberative body. Um, <clears throat> our uh, Senator, Sammy, uh, Senator Tammy Duckworth um, wrote that, uh, she wrote to all of her colleagues last month, she urged them to oppose uh, Pitlick. Um, she said, quote, as a mother who struggled with infertility for years and required I- IVF to start my family, I would be one of the many Americans who could never enter Ms. Ms. Pitlick's courtroom with any reasonable expectation that my case would be adjudicated in a fair and impartial manner. manner. <laughs> as if that's a Republican value. It's just, yeah, it's real. Like, Fairness is not a value. Hypocrisy is their it's, platform. It's just such a fucked opinion to have. Like... I vehemently disagree with people who are anti-choice, but I at least, like, get where they are coming from. This is a wild opinion to have. And especially, like, personally, I know many people who've had kids through through IVF. Right. Like, or IVF. I held a baby yesterday that, that was born because of that. So I, it's just such a heartless opinion to have. It's fucked. I hate it. Um, women's issue, the second. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, do you know what an ectopic pre- pregnancy is, Hemant? Sure, I'm brown. Let me answer this for you. Don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Is that a stereotype? I thought you were making fun of me doing, like, science stuff. Oh, no, I was making fun of you for not having a uterus. Oh, okay. No, ectopic pregnancy is it should, the, the egg should implant in the uterus when it's fertilized, but instead it implants in the fallopian tube, and That's now right. it can't grow, and if it, if it does grow, it's gonna friggin' break your tube, and now you die. I mean, yeah. I believe that's the medical explanation. Yeah, yeah. did you read that right from the uh, the DSM? Yeah, <laughs> DSM. What? DSM? Oh, I, that's the mental health one. Yeah. Right? Is there a I DSM even, for medical shit? It's called the textbook. Okay. Fine. I don't know. Listen, I'm what's doing your my point? Best here. My point is this: so an ectopic pregnancy that it implants in the fallopian tube, like you said, and it is a non-viable pregnancy. Right. You need to abort it yes. or have it taken out like immediately immediately it is dangerous um ohio does not care about facts or science Mm -hmm. which is a cool and chill way to be um they passed a bill um it's not been passed it was introduced to the state legislator that requires doctors to re-implant an ectopic pregnancy into a woman's uterus a process, a procedure that does not exist in medical science. Or if they don't, they face charges of, and I'm quoting here, abortion murder. 
So to be clear, they what? want to, they want the doctor to remove the ectopic pregnancy. That's mm-hmm. great. You should. That saves the woman's life. Mm-hmm. But then what do you do with that? You put it back in her uterus. Which which is a thing. Here's a thing that doesn't There's mean a quote I saw from a doctor uh, gynecologist on Twitter. I don't believe I'm typing this again, <laughs> but that's impossible. We'll all be going to jail. Yep. It's it, it just their flagrant disregard of truth or facts is breathtaking. My favorite part about this bill is like it combines everything that is wrong with them. Like they hate women mm-hmm. and they don't understand science. And they don't give a shit about doctors and expertise. And this bill rolls all of that into one. And by the way, the bill sponsored by nearly two dozen Republicans in the Ohio House. Vote them out. It's a Republican state. Completely. They could pass it if they want to. In addition to ordering doctors to do the impossible or face criminal charges... This is uh, House Bill 413. It bans abortion outright and defines a fertilized egg as an unborn child. It also punishes doctors, women, and children as young with 13 as 13 with abortion murder if they perform or have an abortion. It's the actual phrase in the bill. It is punishable by life in prison. Another crime is aggravated abortion murder. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean, Heaven? Aggravated. An abortion murder. Words mean things, you know? No, no, they don't. The English language is one of my favorite things, and they're destroying it in front of my eyes. I always want to ask, what's the definition of a child? Like, there is a definition of a child. It's not fertilized egg. Oh, it's so bad. It's so, so bad. It's all bad. Everything's bad, and I hate it. Speaking of... Uh, do you know who has it the worst in society? Me, personally. No. No, probably... Mm, Who's trash. the most discriminated against group of people in America? Trans people of color. Wrong. Trans. Christian men. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is according to oh, Dave Daubenmeyer, who is a Christian man. He said, oh, and I'm quoting... There is not a lower-class citizen in America than the Christian, strong, strong Christian male. Not a lower-class citizen in America than the strong-voiced Christian male. No one hates Christians more than America does. Whatever. Um, Who's this boy? Yeah, Dobbin Meyer is the coach that yells inside of an empty stadium green screen shot. What are you talking about? You can come around and look at this picture. Um, But he just... Screams and yells because he doesn't have thoughts that are useful. Here's the empty stadium green screen. Oh, I like his hat. Yes, with the giant cross cross on it. Um, But yeah, here's what he was (laughs) to say that Christian... I'm surprised he didn't say men. But he said white... I'm surprised he didn't say white. Oh, yeah. But why is Christian men... Why are they the worst off? He's like... Like when his point that he was trying to make, I think, is that like, <laughs> oh, don't find meaning in this. No, he was saying like, oh, if a black guy gets discriminated against or a Jewish guy does or a Muslim guy does, the media covers it. Mm-hmm. But when Christians are discriminated against, they ignore it, which it, it doesn't happen. It, That's why a, it doesn't happen. B, their version of like big air quotes discrimination is them 
failing to enforce their beliefs on everyone <laughs> around them. Right. Whereas black people who get discriminated against get shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this guy's saying like, oh, strong voiced Christian men never get any th- as he screams this on the show that he webcasts. There have been 45 strong voiced Christian men as president. Yeah, right. Like maybe one day a Christian man will finally become oh president. As <laughs> someone said on Twitter, how often has he been pulled over for driving while Christian? <laughs> yeah. So Ooh, I mean, so wearing that. It could hat, be worse maybe. for you. You you could be Christian, and then you know, then what would you so do? So his version of we get discriminated, and the media doesn't cover it. That's why he thinks therefore they're more discriminated. They're more discriminated against. I don't think that logic follows. Actually, silly you talking about <laughs> logic. Okay, sex. Okay, t- let's talk about sex abuse. Um, there are cool. laws. You're welcome. Your transition. There are 15 states yeah. that have now either passed laws or are on the verge of passing laws that say, "Look, we know there's a lot of victims of child sex abuse mm-hmm. who's who the statute of limitations has run out." So, like, yeah, you were molested as a child in the church or something, mm-hmm. but you can't sue them because it's been a long time. Or maybe right. they're gone or whatever. A lot of states, like New York, for example, said, you know what we're going to do? We pass a law to extend the statute of limitations so more people can get in. Right. Also, we're going to create a little window for one year where it doesn't matter when it happened, you can sue. Really? But, yeah, but when the window closes, then the new statute of limitations will apply. But there's this window in several states that where, um, and I'm trying to figure out the, uh, I have the number here somewhere, but there are uh, several states, yes, uh, I think eight of them, where there's a window where all child sex abuse cases can be brought forth. Wow. California, New York, New Jersey being the primary ones. Right. Um, I don't remember. I didn't, I don't know if I saw that on the list. But because of that... There's a hell of a lot of people filing lawsuits. Good. By the Associated Press's count, 5,000 have been filed in those three states I just mentioned. Whoa. And the bill for the Catholic Church, if, any, if they settle it as they probably will in a lot of these cases, uh-huh. could cost them $4 billion. Whoa. Couldn't have happened to a worse group of people. <laughs> um. And all of this is because that Pennsylvania grand jury report opened the door sure. to how many priests were credibly accused of sexual abuse. Yeah, a bunch of them have, are dead now, right. but some well, aren't. You can still go spit on their grave. You could. <laughs> um, and by the way, also interesting, the new laws mm-hmm. have also created, you know how you see those ads on TV in Illinois anyway, I know we do, um, or billboards that are like, do you have mesothelioma? Uh, Call yeah, me. Yeah. I'm the lawyer who specializes in suing over that. Peter Francis Geraci. That sort of thing. <laughs> there are lawyers who are like, were you molested by a Catholic priest? I got you covered no here because of these new laws. Dream job. Yeah. So, uh, and it's not like they take on every case. They sure. vet them. They have to have a credible case. But $4 billion plus wow. for the Catholic Church. Um, it's about time. So I am happy They about- have the money. Oh, yeah. Whatever. They literally have buildings made of gold in the Vatican. Uh-huh. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I have a question, though. Yes. I think this is great. Can you explain to me, and, and talk to me like I'm an idiot, like you usually do, what the value of a statute of... of the statute of limitations is? Because I I don't know the legal justification for it, but I think part of it is like, look, it happened a long time ago. You clearly didn't decide to file a lawsuit during that time frame. Why are you doing it now? 
your memory may have faded over time. Maybe mm. all the evidence I'm, I'm, isn't there. I'm not even so sure. the law says, look, here's the window where your memory might be refreshed and it's timely and we could have a lawsuit and discuss this in a court. But at some point, if I say, oh, this thing happened to me 50 years ago and I want to sue over it today, it's like, uh, but that's exactly why? what we're dealing with right now is people who were molested as children. And there and are reasons adults. they didn't pursue those cases. That's why the laws now are leaning more toward, you know what? There are reasons they didn't come forth. It's not because they weren't really harmed by it right. or that they were like, they just chose not to. And now they see a money opportunity. Now they're doing, they're like, no, it's not that. So let's open the window for those people because there's trauma involved. There's fear, culture yeah. involved. Um, I, I don't have a problem with statute of limitations laws in general, but when it comes to this sort of thing, like sexual abuse, where there are so many reasons people don't speak up right. for a long time. And I hate it when they do that with, church state separation stuff too like what the ten commandments monument was here for 30 years right. now you have a problem with it no it was always a problem but if you came out and spoke out against it like 30 years ago mm-hmm. your life could be in danger mm-hmm. your community will cast you out like mm-hmm. and that will happen today too but that's why i think the statute of limitations isn't the problem no yeah but we need to have a vet way for these people to get justice and right. now in some states they can at least try to pursue it gotcha so, um, I wanted to bring up a happy story. Oh, this is one of the few that made me happy. <laughs> uh, let's talk about what happened in Utah. Oh, yeah. And this is a story at Deerfield Elementary School. I forgot the city. But basically, they had a sub mm-hmm. in a fifth grade classroom. Mm-hmm. And the sub asked a bunch of kids in the class, what are you most thankful for for Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. And this little boy says... I'm finally going to be adopted by my two dads. Which is heartwarming as fuck. Yeah. Uh-huh. The teacher then launched into a 10-minute diatribe, basically, on why two men living together is a sin. Like, it's not a good thing. And the kid didn't want to push back. He didn't want to fight with the teacher, he said later, yeah. because he didn't want to ruin the adoption. He didn't want to get anyone saying, like, he didn't want to get in trouble, which might put his own case in jeopardy. So he said nothing. And But three girl, three of his classmates spoke up a yeah, few huh. times so that's that's great not only did they speak up they went to the principal mm-hmm. they said this is what happened mm-hmm. and it's bullshit and like you need to do something they I, th- I think they fought the teacher in class right but they also went to the school they went to the principal and the teacher was escorted out of the classroom mm-hmm. um oh apparently when the boy said i'm going to be adopted by my two dads the teacher's response was why on earth would you be happy about that <laughs> Homosexuality is wrong. That's nothing to be thankful for. So fucking terrible. Um, She's been fired. She has been fired as a sub, yeah. Which is exciting. And here's what I want to know that I don't have an answer for. Usually when it comes to substitutes, the school doesn't hire them because that's why they're not teaching there, right? Right. You you work with an outside group and say, oh, we'll have a contract with this company Mm -hmm. and this outside company will provide us a steady stream of subs when we need them. The question that people want to know is, okay, fine, she is now off their list, but what policies are you putting in place with this outside company that says we only want subs that will do X, Y, Z, like, they got to sign a contract to the sub saying, like, yeah, of course I'm going to follow the rules and I'll do this and that. But does it say anywhere in there no discrimination in there? You can't yeah. speak out against 
for or against your political beliefs or your religious beliefs, which you would think is standard, but apparently... Apparently not. But do yeah. you think somebody like this woman would... I don't know. I feel like if somebody who is like as monstrous as this woman, she's not going to like look at a contract and be like, oh, it says I can't discriminate so against So I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, like she's... Um, well, maybe it would steer her away from even working with that organization mm, then. Maybe. Because again, this isn't a free speech thing. No. It's you were hired to work at a public school. You hurt... You didn't do a good job of it. Yeah. And so they have a right to say, no, there's no lawsuit that's going to come from this. The question is, what's the school going to do to prevent this sort of situation? I don't know the answer, but man, I, I, those three girls, that's awesome. Good for them. Yeah. That's, that's very brave of them. Um, there was, there was this story from Liberty university this week, Liberty university opened up a think tank. Oh no. Is it empty? Hmm. It's called the Falkirk center for faith and Liberty. Why Falkirk? I don't know. Who's the president of Liberty University? Oh. Jerry Falwell. Uh-huh. And also Turning, Points U- Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk, who's this oh, like young conservative brother. guy. They joined forces and combined their names because they're cool like that. And the think tank's goal is to, quote, equip courageous champions to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ to advance his kingdom and renew American ideals. I think Kirkwell would have been a better name. Maybe. Better portmanteau. That also sounds like a coffee or something. Yeah. <laughs> Kirkwell, um, like the Costco brand. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they, they're clearly saying, like, if this is going back to being a Christian, being an American, or mm. synonymous. Um, they basically said, as attacks on traditional Judeo-Christian beliefs grow in frequency and intensity, because being a Christian man is super hard. Super hard. The need has never been greater for a national revival of our foundational principles. We need to step up on offense, stuff like that. Um, Woof. That's yeah. not great. They just listed a series of like fellows uh-huh. at the think tank, as many have. Any women in there? There are, oh. but they're not like academic women. <laughs> There's like, this is a beauty pageant winner who has conservative values, which <laughs> I'm not knocking the beauty pageant thing, but like... Her only connection to, like, right. a th- academic think tank is, I might be a name some conservatives know. Mm. And that's it. It's a series of that. Cool. So. Oh, I bet they'll do good work. Right. Like, when the university isn't a place that's a think tank, how is the think tank going to be a place that's a right. think tank? The thing that's nice about that is that I know our podcast will never end because they will endlessly supply us with shit to oh, talk God, about on this yes. show. There was one more thing. This is another right-wing blowing shit out of proportion story. Mm-hmm. We, I think we talked about this a while back, but there in July, there was an online Christian jewelry store, which, fine, but they were selling dog tags, like army dog tags. Mm-hmm. Again, fine. Yeah. And it had Bible verses on them. And that's fine, too. You can have your little personal dog tag with yeah. a Bible verse on it. But on the back of those dog tags, it had the actual logo for the U.S. Marines and the Navy and the Army oh, and uh-huh. Air Force. Okay. So that was the issue. Okay. You're using their logo. You can't slap a Pepsi logo on this and get away with it because mm-hmm. Pepsi would say, no, we didn't give you permission to say it. And people might think we support the message. Right. That's what we have a problem with. That's not pro or against Christianity. Mm. That's just saying we, you didn't get permission from no us. copyright laws work, my friend. Yeah. So anyway, the Military Religious Freedom Foundation back in July basically sent a letter to every branch of the military saying, hey, this is going on. You need to put a stop to this. 
and maybe it's possible you don't know that this is even happening. So we're letting sure. you know it's happening. Put a stop to it. The Navy, I'm sorry, I want to get this right. The Navy and the Marine Corps mm-hmm. said, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. We're going to act on this. They told that store, stop selling those products with our logo on it. Mm-hmm. And the company did. Okay, fine. But the Army and Air Force, we never heard from. Okay. Well, this week, it seems like the Army has now sent them a letter saying, stop it. Mm-hmm. Not stop selling the dog tags with the Bible verses. Stop putting our logo on it. Right. And this is the letter from the army. You are not authorized to put biblical verses on your army products. Please remove all biblical references from all of your army products. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. If you're just selling like an army thing, like it's like putting the U.S. seal or something like if you're just selling a flag, Uh you can do that. But when you associate that with your brand, uh-huh. that's the issue. Okay. And I think that's what this person was getting at. Again, the issue is the logo. You can't suggest to anyone that the U.S. Army supports whatever your beliefs are. Right. You can't do it with a religious statement, mm-hmm. anti-religious statement, political statement. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren cannot put out like the, like, uh, I have a plan for that with the Navy logo on the back sure. either. But I'm gonna. Here's the headline from the Christian Broadcasting Network, Pat right. Robertson's gig. Their headline: Army bans faith-based company from making inspirational dog tags after atheist complaint. Mm. No, they didn't stop them from making dog tags. Yeah. That's a lie. Here's Fox News. Their headline: Army says faith-based group can no longer put Bible verses on dog tag after complaint. Not right. They can put Bible verses on dog tags. You can't use the logo with it. Right. And that's what the letter from the army said. Mm-hmm. You don't put Bible verses on your army products. Right. So this is the way the right is spinning this. Uh-huh. That because this, and by the way, M, uh, Military Religious Freedom Foundation, it's not even an atheist group. It's a church-state separation group. <laughs> but they're saying like, this group complained and now we can't have nice things. That's not the story. That's right. a lie. Right. And again, this goes back to all we have to do is quote you and you look like idiots mm-hmm. and you are lying to get people on your side. Jesus. Um, don't you think, so when I was in high school, dog tags were like really cool. I think I remember that too. Yeah. Don't you think it's a weird thing to be fashionable because they're literally meant to identify corpses. I agree, but also Christians wear cross necklaces, yeah, and a that's a point. torture device. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. People love death None and destruction symbolisms. <laughs> yeah. I got one last one for you, and okay. then I'm going to get out of here. This last one involves Paula White, the president's televangelist friend oh. who is now working in the government with taxpayer money. If I wrote that character and named her Paula White, my you couldn't would hit be like, your conservative mm. Christian that's like <laughs> quite on the nose there. Yeah. yeah. So she was on this random show Is her podcast. Name Good Cross? I, don't <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading a story in high school and the character's name was Eli Everjohn. It's like, dude, you're not even subtle here. Come on now. And that was like a professional actual book. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Paula White was on some random Christian podcast show thing, and they were. she said she doesn't mind defending Donald Trump, despite what I would say, lies, misogyny, lack of morals, whatever. She doesn't mind defending him. She said, you know, look, he's changed. I'm paraphrasing. But he says, think about it, it was an, a habit. 
to like Christians. It wasn't a lifestyle, but we all have parts of our life that we wish the whole world didn't know. So now when he gets into politics and what she's saying is people want to criticize him, obviously, for what he's doing, but they want to criticize Christian and prominent Christians for associiating with him because, like, isn't he a dick? Isn't he saying all these misogynistic things? Isn't he racist? And this is happening while he's in office, by the way, not Mm -hmm. before. But anyway, she says now when he gets into politics, I mean, think about what this would say about my character. Like, because it's not comfortable, now I'm going to abandon you because it's not convenient for me? What would that say about who I am? I don't even know what her point is, Hammond. What is she saying? She's basically saying, like, people are saying, oh, Paula White, you're working with Trump. You're a spiritual advisor. Now you're working for him. Like, isn't he a horrible person who did all this? I mean, he had these affairs with the porn stars when he was married. But uh-huh. before he was president, he said he's going to grab you by the pussy. Like, all that stuff. And now he's even worse in office. But, like, why are you working with him? And, like, don't you ever regret working with him? And she's saying, well, he did a lot of stuff in the past. But... He wants the past, like yesterday. Like yeah, and she's like, yeah, and but now, what do you want me to do? Walk away from him? What would that say about me? Well, it no, would say you f- away. came to your senses and realize what everyone else sees right in front of them. Well, I feel like it's not even we want her to walk away. We want her to never have been there. Yeah, I mean, and if it's too late for never been there, like fine, walk away today. Yeah. It's and not make, too late. And make clear your reasons. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she's like, what? That would make me look bad. Well, no, it would. What would people say about that? They would say, oh, look, someone figured this shit out. It took long enough. Right. This is what's going to happen to every Republican. They'll have their come to Jesus moment metaphorically like years from now. And they'll want to. This is this is the thing I remember when I was listening to those impeachment hearings. Mm -hmm. There was there's Elise uh, Stefanik, who's the Republican woman who's like 30 some years old. Uh, one of the youngest people in the house, who's the one Republican woman that they had, and they gave her a lot of stuff to like yell yeah. at Adam Schiff. It's like it's one thing for all these other white guys on the Republican panel to be like, "I love Trump." You guys are yeah. it's a hoax, a conspiracy, whatever. Dude, she's going to be around for a while, yep. which means she's she might have kids, and like she'll have to live with her Trump affiliation mm-hmm. for Whatever. much longer than the rest of these people. Yeah. And I don't feel bad for her. She's a horrible person and a horrible politician. But, like, don't you think about that? Like, doesn't she ever cross her mind, like, oh, right, if I'm with these people, like, and I want to have a career in politics. Right. No, they're going to be spitting on her food for, like, decades. Yeah, I do think that people who are standing by Trump are... um, They're definitely selling out their long-term potential for access right now. And it's... Not wise. Um, so I have one more thing yeah. before we go. Um, so I was reading uh, Slate does like advice yeah. stuff. And I read this and I wanted to he- kind of hear your take on it. Uh, so essentially the question was, um, it's, it's a little long and try to cut it down. Uh, this woman and her husband live uh, on a street with a few other families. And their kids are all the same age and they're all really good friends. They vacation together, etc. Um, one night she was playing cards with the other moms. One of us was dealt a bad hand and said, Jesus. We all try to avoid doing this because one of the moms is a church-going serious Christian who once told us that only swear, that the only swearing that upsets her is when people take the Lord's name in vain. 
Still, accidents happen. When this one did, I joked that our friend was going to hell. Christian mom said, quote, funny you should say that. Our pastor's sermon last week was all about hell, how hell is a literal place that people can end up in. I was taken aback, and I said, yikes, how can I avoid that? She responded, accept oh Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Uh-huh. I am bisexual and an atheist. One of the other moms is Jewish and married to a Muslim. So, so essentially, her question is, she basically just told me I was going to hell. Can I salvage this friendship? Like, no, why? No, stop it. You don't need that many friends. Trust me. <laughs> okay, it's so just, this is the answer. So, what's the okay, answer yeah, they gave on Slate? And I'm not crazy about it. Okay. I say this with all the love in the world because I, too, am a friendly neighborhood atheist whose social circles includes Christians who believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. But, but you kind of asked for it. What did you think she would say when you asked a direct question, how can I avoid going to actual hell? Mm -hmm. Yes, I know you're joking, and I know it popped out of your mouth the same way Jesus is a curse word spontaneously popped out of your other friend's mouth. As you say, accidents happen. But how can it be so great a surprise to you that your Christian friend believes in literal hell and that anyone who doesn't believe she does will end up there? She could have been politely, thoughtfully not talking... She has been politely and thoughtfully not talking about this in what I suppose could be called mixed company... But when you ask her a question that cut to the heart of her beliefs, she answered it frankly. For a moment, for a moment then, everyone's efforts to keep a lid on the profound dis- differences in worldviews, beliefs, and identities broke down. Of course, your friend could have said, laughing, matching tone for tone, oh, I'm sure y'all have your own ideas about that, and for the time being, lock the icebox that would have re- remained tightly shut. But let's be honest about what's been going on, on up until now. She's been doing the same thing you have, a complicated set of mental gymnastics in order to maintain a friendship she values. So I think my problem with that answer is that, and this is such a weird thing to like be petty about, but like it was just really rude. Like it's, to me, it's a, the height of rudeness hmm. to tell somebody like, you're going to hell in like all seriousness. Yeah, but that's what they believe. I, so I don't mind that answer. That answer seems fine really? to me. Like, yeah, what did you, I, what did you think she was going to say? You knew she was going to say it. That's why you are like... Freaking out about, like, oh, no, my friend said Jesus. But I don't like, think there's a difference between, like, oh, I believe this thing and I do believe that people are, you know, going to hell who don't believe it. But I would never, like, accuse somebody. You know I what I mean? I don't I even never... think that phrase came out as accusatory. Just like, oh, you're going to hell. No, that's. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not bothered by the Christian who said Christian stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm troubled by the fact that you just think this friendship is worth salvaging. Why would you want to be friends with someone who really does believe both of you are going to burn and get tortured for eternity? Mm -hmm. Like, that's just not a nice, decent person. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just, to me, the live and let live aspect is viable as long as, like, it just felt very aggressive. It's not a family member you got to keep around. It's a friend you're choosing to play cards with. That's your own damn fault. And even your family members you don't have to keep around. That's right. So... I'm not saying don't be friends with Christians, but like if the Christians are like, no, I, I preach. I believe the worst parts of my belief right. that whatever. Yeah. Because plenty of Christians will be like, no, there might be other ways around it or eh, you might. Be. No, there are some people who are like, no, you're all going to hell if you yeah. do X, Y, Z. Yeah. You don't need those people in your life. That's fair. If you can choose to. That's fair. And I, I mean, it's always complicated when it's like a friend group. Right. Yeah, I wonder how they especially know each like, other in the first place. They're neighbors. They're all just neighbors. Is it just neighbors? So that's mm. tricky, especially if their kids are friends. Like Right. But, right. Yeah, but you're right. They don't have to be friends. Okay. Um, You're done? 
I'm done. I so next week is our 300th episode. So it is. Um, so we've already gotten a handful of emails in with people telling us about kind of their own journey from faith and how our show has supplemented or caused it. <laughs> um, and they're great. I'm going to put them together in some sort. A lot of them are pretty lengthy, so I'm going to... Thank you for sharing those with yeah, us. Yeah, they're really sweet and meaningful. Um, so we're going to... If you have them, uh, yeah. friendlyatheistpodcast at, at gmail.com. Gmail. Mm-hmm. Send us uh, your stories if the podcast has helped you at all. Yeah. We want to know. Makes um, us feel good about doing this very dumb show. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, well, if you're where, asking where, where you can get us a present, oh. patreon.com slash Oh, yeah. We really appreciate that. Our, what we want for Christmas <laughs> is world peace and Patreon donations. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-E. Um, somebody followed me today so he could make fun of my geology, geology knowledge, and I appreciated that. <laughs> I thought that was a good use of all of our times. Um, Hemant is at Hemant Meta. Yep. Um, you can go to my Etsy shop if you need. I might still be able to squeeze something in for Christmas. Um, bitches get stitched done. I do custom cross-stitch work. Um, I didn't get as many orders as I expected, so I can probably still sneak some things in for Christmas if you would... Like or after Christmas, all things like that. Um, Is that it? That's it. All right. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.